Welcome to the My Personal Football Coach Youth Soccer Player Development Podcast, Episode 6 with Romeo Jozak. Welcome to MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Soccer Player Development Podcast. Discover all the secrets, hints and tips about soccer player development and soccer coaching from some of the leading figures in world soccer. Here's your host, Saul Isaacson-Hurst. Hi guys, welcome back to another show. Thanks for joining us this week. We've got an amazing guest, someone I'm really excited about. Now, if you talk about player development and people who have been there and done that, uh, Romeo Jozak certainly is that man. He's uh, He's been uh, head of the Dynamo Zagreb Academy and he's now technical director of the Croatian FA. So you look at the most successful academies in the world, Dynamo Zagreb is always up there. And you're talking about countries who have success in developing world-class footballers. Croatia is definitely there, a, a population of a little over 4 million, but always producing world-class footballers. They've got players at Barcelona, Madrid, Modric and Rakitic. And so you've got to think about, you know, what are they doing there? Obviously, they're doing something right because uh, they're being consistently successful. So Romeo is going to give us a little bit of insight, which is invaluable to anyone who really is interested in the game. So really looking forward to this week. I hope you enjoy it. Myself, uh, it's going to be a really busy, exciting January. Uh, just going to start work with one of the big clubs in the Northwest and also one of the big uh, biggest clubs in Europe as well, who are both coming on as partner clubs. So I'll let you more know more about that in the next few weeks. Um, but for now, enjoy the show. So, Romeo, thanks for joining us. Welcome. So, could you just give us a brief uh, description of your coaching, uh, your coaching history up to this point? Uh, I, because of the injury, I had to stop playing uh, at the age of 22, roughly, and then I uh, pretty much focused and continued the education uh, on, a, on an academical uh, more like scientific level, uh, where I finished my bachelor's degree, master's degree, and then the PhD afterwards as well. Uh, started coaching at age of 27 um, in one second division club, coaching the 17s and 19s, and then got picked by Dinamo Zagreb at that time uh, at the age of 29, and I came to the academy as a coach, was running pretty much at that time in the academy, um, all the age groups uh, at that time. Uh, a few years after that, I uh, joined the first, well, was the head coach of the second team first, and then I was assistant coach of the first team. Then um, was working internationally a bit, went to uh, Africa, went to Canada, to US, to Australia, to Germany, been those places around, coaching um, in associations, in regional associations, national associations, and the clubs. And then at the age of, uh, what was that, around 35, came back to Croatia, uh, took over the head coaching position of the second second club of the one first division club again in Osijek in Croatia again and uh, uh, was assistant coach at that club as well um, uh, and then got called by the president at that time of Dinamo Zagreb to uh, become whether I want to be um, academy director of uh, Dinamo Zagreb Academy and that was in 2008 um, when I was whew, 34 I think 35 or something uh, been there for seven years in the academy uh, from 2008, 7-8 to 2013 uh, and then after that I came to Federation as a technical director. 
so that's been pretty much raw and quick overview of my of my recent past. So just to, to start off then with Zagreb, can you just tell us a little bit about the academy and the structure? How does that? How's what's how does that look in terms of um, what's the philosophy of the of uh, Dynamo Zagreb? Oh, well, I can tell you right now as uh, when 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 I started in two thousand seven, it was uh, I I literally remember those things that actually uh, are too obvious now not to be not to be mentioned or not to be even uh, even brought out to the uh, to the audiences. Uh, I came there and then we had one in the academy had only one physio, let's say for example. Just one physio was in the academy and uh, like no doctors, no uh, conditioning coach, no, um, uh, there was like overall about 20 people, 19 people in the academy working at that time. That was 2007. Now in 2016, well I'm not there for three years uh, anymore, but still the, the structure is pretty, pretty, pretty much in place even, even after I left. Um, there's 62 people working right there. There's uh, seven physios, two doctors, uh, four conditioning coaches, uh, one uh, psychologist, uh, millions of coaches, if you will. Uh, there's quite a few of them actually. Um, so the, it has grown. It has grown. The budget of it um, in the beginning really wasn't much, but then the demands, uh, building a pitch, building a dome, building a uh, another pitch, getting a new coach, getting a new physio, getting a new analyst on board, it really raised the amount of the overall budget and uh, it, is, it is quite demanding right now. Here in Croatia you can't quite compare it to any other club, it really goes over the, uh, over the criteria, over the limits, but then again Dinamo Dazaga doesn't want to necessarily well, only compete and compare against Croatian circumstances, which is normal. They want to compete against um, the big guys, the European clubs, the European leagues, the European productions, and that's what we actually uh, are comp or we're comparing ourselves against uh, and trying to build a structure to uh, to look up um, to those guys and, and, and play against them. So I must say, overall, when I look back, um, it was a for me personally, it was a um, it was a groundwork. It was a, it was a, if, if, you, if you will a physical work because. Uh, talking on a daily basis with every single parent and talking on a daily basis with players and coaches uh, really got me going uh, on, on the experience way. Um, now this job here in the Federation is definitely much, if you say easier, it's not easier, it's, it's definitely different in a way, but if I didn't have what I had in the academy, it would be much harder for me here to actually pick up and see the whole structure and have the whole angle and the view um, much better than I do. So I'm, I'm, I really am I'm, I'm grateful for the, for the time that I spent in the academy. So um, Dynamo Zagreb is famous for producing great footballers, but um, very particular kind of footballers. I was lucky when I worked at Tottenham to see up close many times Modric and Krenkjar and even Koluka. Those types of players, they're always very technical players, skillful players, if you like, coming out of Zagreb. Is that, a, is that a particular thing you guys work on? Is that a cultural thing in Croatia? Well, how, what, how come you're consistently producing such skillful technical players? Um, we, um, we are given a certain talent. Uh, I, I can't deny that. We, uh, we are given as a, as a, as a nation um, a certain talent. But um, 
to compare it a bit and actually to get the whole picture out of it, uh, the same, even more talent was given to Bosnia, for example, and, and to Serbia as well. And, um, and yesterday, actually, we had a bit of a presentation where we compared the regional uh, successes of the, of the, of the ex-Yugoslavia countries, where in the last um, uh, 20 years, we qualified for nine big events, uh, European championships or World Cups, whereas they all, Serbia, Bosnia, they all got eight overall in total. So uh, even having more talent. So yes, we are given a certain talent, uh, but as I say, um, uh, talent is one thing and the uh, actually making this talent to work and working in the benefit and uh, producing something on the field is completely different thing. So uh, I must say that um, um, uh, one, one thing that uh, maybe in a way separates us uh, in a positive way from let's say the regional um, structures and philosophies here I'm not going to talk about like broader and wider than the region only even though we could or we might later on but let's say one the fanaticism and, 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 and the passion that, that, that the coaches and the people have here it is really uh, normal I mean this is really something and uh, together with the um, good enough talent of the, of, the, of the guys with a crazy passion of the coaches and at the end at the end uh, one thing that I'm particularly proud of and and, uh, and really uh, finding it really important is the structure of the practices and structure of the program and curriculum that has been implemented in the Dinam Academy um, in those last few years since, since I came uh, uh, I must say that it's something really devoted and, uh, and, and, and special, how those guys do it. And um, all these th things, when you put them together, um, it's going to come to the end where, where, where this outcome is the way it is. Uh, and even, okay, now looking back, those players that you know, even for being from London, uh, but those players that you still don't know, they're young here in the academy, they're coming up that I know because following them through the national teams. This this is something what what keeps us going. And when when I was just the other day, I was pretty much joking about uh, what is Croatian national team going to look like in a, in a World Cup in Qatar in 2022, where if they're all going to be healthy and not injured, if they're all going to be if we are going to be alive, uh, then I pretty much right away know who's going to be the starting eleven from the World Cup in 2022, which is primarily my job to actually get those guys going because I know all these little guys on the national teams and the Young Academy gives the biggest contribution to the national teams nowadays. Uh, so, so this development program and this devotion uh, from, from the coaches and, 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 and the passion and everything together with, of course, good enough talent, I think is the primary reason why we are, we are, we are where we are. So if we look about, we break that down and really uh, focus in on it. For instance, uh, if when it, what, how, what is the foundation phase? We call it the foundation phase in England, the 9s to 11s program. What's the younger, what's the younger, is it broken up into that, a younger age group, older age group? How is it structured? And then what does that look like in practice? It is, it is, it is structured, it is, it is broken down in, in, in details, uh, really per age group uh, from U8s uh, up until U19s. Where they all obviously, I mean, uh, it's it's uh, it should be. I'm not saying it is a common thing, but it should be a common thing in all the academies, in all the respective academies in the world. 
where they should have some kind of a guidance and some guidelines uh, what to do in the age, ages. Um, uh, if you talk about the uh, um, development in your early ages, I mean, it's going to be definitely a no-brainer that you got to focus on technique um, uh, really, really deeply and really uh, completely. However, uh, I, I visit a lot of academies that I really present and, and, and really follow and visit a lot of the congresses and presentations and conferences. And people always talk about the detail. Uh, let's focus about the detail here. Let's focus about detail there. But um, uh, detail is extremely important. And uh, now I haven't seen much. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I haven't seen enough or I haven't seen it all, but I haven't seen many curriculums or many um, uh, guidelines and, and development programs where we have those details, the technical details broken down uh, and really specifically assigned all the structural needs of every technical element uh, in certain ages um, uh, in order for them to be functional, in order for them to be uh, on a good enough level to be actually using them uh, in, the, in, 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 a, in a problem solving in the game. Um, just generally saying, uh, technique is very a crucial part, obviously, uh, of, of football. We call it a tool or, or a program formation. Once we have this taken care of uh, on the elementary and, and, and technical aspect of the, of the, of the basic techniques level, then we go into the dynamic formations on the, on the technique because football is a huge and, 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 and dynamic, dynamic activity. Uh, after this, we go into the functionality of this dynamical technique. So actually application of dynamical technique into the individual tactical situations. And then after that, we go into the situational circumstances. So let's say generally the, the, the steps and the, and, the, and the levels of technique we call them a basic development of the elementary technique, then dynamic development of the intermediate technique, then the functional technique or the application of dynamic technique into the dynamic functional circumstances, and then at the end, situational problem solving. Um, uh, if, you, if you spread it out and if you, if you break it down into the phases, the first phase should be formation of the stable program, which can be, and this is actually when I when it comes into the de debate uh, against some, let's say, approaches saying that the game is the best teacher and the game, uh, game teaches all and then we just got to give the kids the ball uh, and then we, we're all going to be set. Uh, I, I, I would say completely disagree with that because uh, when we talk about those days when we used to play out on the street and I was the one definitely playing on the street for many hours a day and, uh, and then when I say it on a presentation, okay, uh, here I am being one of those that played the, the, the soccer the football on the, on, the, on the street for, let's say, the age of 8 to the age of 16 for five hours a day. And then I, when, I, when I asked him a question, okay, how many times, do you know how many times anyone corrected me when I was, uh, when I was playing this game on, on the street in these eight years by, by you know, multiplied by five hours each day? Then they all, of course, answer like no one, none. Uh, I don't know how about you or how about anyone else. Have we ever been corrected when we play? So this is pretty impossible that we all playing on the street only develop good habits. We definitely developed a lot of bad habits as well. And in the circumstances where we don't have much of a time to actually play on the street, even if we did, but again, saying being careful, okay, when you play on the street, 
are you really only working on the development of the good habits or you work on development of the bad habits as well. Once you form a bad habit or a program, it takes you definitely much more time to actually destroy it and break it down and then build a new one on that uh, from, the, from the scratch. So it is, gets a little tricky in the, in, the, in the lack, in the situation where we don't have as much time anymore. We have an hour and a half a day or even less or maybe more, but then we really got to specifically see, okay, which kind of technique do we want to have? Which kind of functionality of this technique we want to have? And then, and then, and then it's going to take us, take us on. Just to generalize and summarize it, the technique, and um, as you can see from these few sentences, the focus on the technique development is a primary cause, a primary reason, a primary focus of the academies in Croatia and in Croatian Football Federation as well. So I, I agree with you. I think as well there is um, a danger, <clears throat> especially in England now we have this, this argument a lot, people saying the game should be the teacher. Uh, I, like you, suggest that actually there is more of an active role for the coach and technique is the, is the you know, important part, especially in that young player's development. But I, th I think here maybe there's an information gap. Maybe there's, there's not the understanding how to really coach proper technique in football. And that's maybe where the problem has come, especially in England. But I agree with you, actually, there's, t there's so many bad habits that are produced. And also, will ch players really challenge themselves? Will they really challenge themselves? They might challenge each other, but really, will they challenge themselves to develop? So, you know, to talking about that, can you give us an example of some of that technical stuff you work on is it you know do you do stuff from ball mastery 1v1s is it all passing receiving what does that look like in detail that that technical education you're giving those young players if if you if you develop technique uh, i'm not going to say how you should develop it but how we develop it Let, let's put it this way um, we have it we have it in three phases the first phase is formation of the stable program if you Google it and if you if you find it, everybody's definitely going to find what engram means. Engram is a subconscious motorical program that is formed by the by the uh, big repetition of the stable formation. This is the key word. So you have to have stable repetition in order to form a, a subconscious program. Now, when uh, when we have a game in the early ages, this is not a stable program. The ball goes and being bounced off every given way. So you can't quite, actually, this is also one of the reasons why this shouldn't be taking place too much. Yes, at the end of the game, to actually play it out and to play it off, to have a bit of a scrimmage to actually get the kids because they're still the kids, yes. But in the, in the phase of the formation, this is the phase number one, formation of the stable program, we have to ensure the, the stable uh, repetition with the giveaways, with the cones, with the ball, with the ball mastery, with all, all variations, but it has to be stable in order. This is, this is how we built the channel of the communication of the synopsis and, 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 the, physio and the physiological and psychological uh, transfer of the information and transfer of the impulse from the brain to the muscle is through the channel for through the synopsis and it's being built, it's being getting wider by the stability of the performance on the long run. So once we've taken care of this program, it's called Engram and it's called program, a subconscious program. Uh, we go and apply, and we apply, we we, we go and the, and apply this stable developed program into the situational circumstances, into the um, I would call it the circumstances in the easier conditions, eased conditions. So let's say we've taken care of a certain program, ball mastery of any kind, control, pass, this and that. Uh, I, it, it, 
of, 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 of any kind. Uh, there's there's a couple, couple guys walking in my office, but that's fine. Um, um, uh, so in these conditions, so you want to still continue training and practicing the development on this stable program, but you want to apply it in the functional circumstances. Because I, if I control the ball, it's not going to give me any good if I will not be able to control it and adapt it if there's going to be opposing players staying close to me. So if the player is standing close to me, then I'm going to slightly adapt this technique whether I'm going to control it on one side or a different side or on a third side based on the opponent player position. We call it a fun functional application of technique into the ease conditions. So this player is actually getting, as we have, like 50% of utility. Once you've taken care of this, and this is closely being connected with the individual tactics, because application of the functional technique, I don't know if, if, I'm, if I'm getting too complicated on this because we're just talking now randomly on the phone, but you being the coach, you definitely sh should or definitely understand these things. So application on technique into the functional circumstances on the given situation, 1v1 or 2v2, is closely connected with the individual tactics because the decision-making of the certain situations of primarily 1v1 situation is, is coming into the area of individual tactics and functional application of technique into these decision-making situations is a crucial part of the development. So if you break it down again quickly in three phases, basic development of the stable program, application of this uh, individual technique into the functional problem-solving in the individual circumstances 1v1 in the eased conditions. Once this has been taken care of in order not to break down and not to, uh, not to affect the stability of the continuation of this uh, given or certain element, then you go into the, situ uh, the situation or circumstances 2v2, 3v3, into the competitive circumstances. So these three areas are pretty much general, general, general guideline of the technical development, specifically developed into the periodization model for each age group. So from U8 to U13, we have individual development of critique into the stable conditions. From U11 to U15, you have application in the eased conditions, in the eased conditions of the functional application of the elementary technique. And then from 13 and on, you have situational application of this into the competitive. Uh, so I, I, this is roughly, this is roughly, well, roughly, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a huge curriculum development book here, of course. From that, of that, uh, but this is generally the, uh, the path how to technique is being developed from the early ages to the situational application of it. And then, uh, once you come to the ages 15, then the, when the puberty kicks in and when the, the, the hormones of the, of, the, of the boys are kicking in as well, then you also got to include two psychological uh, components. One is uh, a competitive football where you actually get the pressure on, when you get the pressure on, because pressure is a huge component because pressure raises the, the heartbeat and the heartbeat messes everything up if you, if you can't control it quite properly. And the second one is, of course, general tactics. Okay, how are you going to apply these things into the specific areas and specific problem solving? Uh, in five minutes, to summarize it a bit, it's hard, but generally this is the general idea how to actually bring the elementary technique from the early ages up until the situational application in the competitive environment. So, I mean, you talk in great detail there, and you actually describe yourself as a soccer scientist, right? You, you've got a PhD, that's exactly... Um, um, uh, you know how they say, to play 
football is not a science, but to teach someone to play good football is a science, or you can actually use a lot of signs of it. Um, I'm not trying to be too, too complicated. All I'm trying to say is, okay, let's look for the evidence. Let's, let's look for the proof. Let's look for some kind of a uh, just cause why these things are okay. Let's say, for example, one thing I'm going I'm to actually tell, tell you. When we watch a game, when we watch a game, and then you watch a game randomly, and then you actually uh, do, a, let's say, a data, data collection of certain events, okay, tackles, passes, controls, blah, 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 blah. It's been proven on the millions of examples and samples and everything, it's been proven that the human eye cannot detect more than 20 to 30, maybe to 35% of the events that are taking place when, they, when you actually watch those things live. So that means 75% of the events that happen on the pitch, you didn't notice because of the weakness of our eye. And that's a fact. I mean, we can check it and it's, 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 it's a psychological fact. So if we want to even have a game at the age of, at the early ages, first of all, you got to be aware that you're, so second time when you watch the same game, you're going to notice another 10, 15%. Third time you watch the same game, you're going to notice another 10, 15%. So it takes six to seven times to watch and replay the same on and on the same game in order to see 99 or 100% of the old events that are there. I mean, everybody knows that. That's, that's pretty much proof fact. So if we have a, if we have a game at the, in the early ages where you, first of all, got to ensure stable condition. Second of all, because the weakness of the eye, you can be sure that everything you saw is really enough and you'll let this guy over there play and working in, first of all, in the unstable condition, second one, third, uh, the second one, uh, the wrong repetition because, because of your weakness of your eye, you can detect and see it. We are making a huge tragedy and we're making a huge, huge, huge mistake. Those things are not because we said it and because it's, it's, it's a science. Those things are because are, they're, they're bi biological facts. And there are biological proofs that the human eyes works like this. Just as well the same thing before the age of 11 or 12, kids cannot percept everything what is, what is beyond and what is the outside, their perifer, the, the view that they see in front of them. So if we talk about the complicated tactical uh, uh, things, okay, we're going to work on this, we're going to work on that, kids see only, and kids, kids processing their minds only what they see in front of them up until the, from the ages 11, 12 and on. So all these proven facts of the psychological background of the human being gives us the right that you, for example, there is no way that you're going to compete and win the games or should win the games up until the ages of 15. It should be development. From the ages, why? Because you have the hormone of the testosterone hormone with the kicks in and then he's a tolerance or it is a tolerance to the pressure. And that's why the same, the same way endurance doesn't, should, should, shouldn't be developed in the early ages. I mean, I'm, I'm just like, Flying, flying through the through the through the areas, but all these things being being a science scientist or us here, uh, a couple of guys that are working here with me, just trying to go back and dig that out from the science, from the proofs, from the already proven facts, and just apply those things into the football development. And this is pretty much it. Now, the same thing, the same thing when you when you talk about a repetition. Okay, why uh, uh, somebody, for example, say a fact that there's, a, there's this ex-president that came to me once and he told me, listen, you know what? Don't give me the crap about those, those philosophical things you're talking about here. You know, if they teach, 
if they teach in the in the circus, if they teach a seal to juggle the ball, that means we can teach anyone anything. And if you look at it that way, I mean, listen, those guys taught a seal in, in, in a circus to juggle the ball, and then when you go back, when you go back a minute, anyway, I should be, go into detail a bit this, and when you say, okay, listen, they, how come in every circus on the planet, they have only seals juggling the ball? Have you ever seen an elephant juggling the ball, or a giraffe, or, 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 or a snake, or, or a chicken? How come this always, listen, how always, there's always a bear riding a bicycle in a circus. Have you ever seen a seal riding a bicycle? Have you seen, ever seen? So that means even the seal has some kind of a genetical background and genetical talent to juggle this ball. And that's the truth. That's completely true. So all these things are connected into the psychology, into the talent area, into the development and process. And when you have all these facts together on a table, now the proper periodization starts and the proper coaching in the proper age groups. And then at the end, what I like to also say, you get a bit of a blessing and say, listen, give me, give me, a, give me approval from, from above, and then we're going to make a player. And it doesn't completely surprise me, um, because if you have all the mathematical facts put down really nicely and neatly on the table, um, and everything else, it is just a matter of being how lucky or how unlucky you will be at the age of 19 that this actual given player will not be a player. Not a will be a player, will not be a player, because you did it all based on the talent that it will. And we have good enough talent. So I'm, I'm thinking about like what would happen if we even had a bit more talented nation in Croatia, which is good talent, which is good enough talent. But you need to have talent because this seal has a talent and you can't teach anyone anything. You gotta have a talent. But this talent is not gonna be anything if you're not gonna apply those proper principles that we just quickly talked about. What do you think about, um, obviously you talked about the games of teacher method, obviously that seems to have come in as an uh, influence of rugby and Australian rules. Do you think there's a difference between those sports and, and football? Is, is there similarities? I mean, why do you think there's had so much success with that? And, uh, you know, countries like yourself have had success with the, your methodology. You, you, you're saying between well, I mean, rugby and football? A lot of, a lot of the game the teacher seems to have come from rugby, a different sport, and Australian rules uh -huh. football. There's a few big people who are trying to translate what they've done in those sports, thinking that it, tra it travels over to football. I mean, listen, I, I used to live in Canada for a year, and um, when they, when they uh, just going to quickly tell you this, and then I'm going to come back with what you just said, because it's connected. On one on one TV station, they brought me over from because I was what I was from from Croatia and everything, um, uh, saying, "Listen, you know what? How come how come Canada is not on a, on a, on a level that we wanted to be in, in soccer? And uh, we're such a such a such a freaking like low branches, low level. We want to be the best. So how do we do that? Because you're a European coach, you're a FIFA licensed coach, or you're pro licensed." How, listen, you do us, make us, make us, make us be the world champions, literally. And it was one of the northern territories, countries or uh, the territories and towns. And I prepared myself for this interview, right? And I said, okay, listen, you guys have a, you have a, you have a outdoor season and you have an indoor season because of the cold, because of everything, right? He says, right. In the outdoor, when there's an outdoor season, that means this is three months in a year that you can play, and those are the months. June, July, August, and the indoor season that you don't train at all in because of the cold and you don't have facility for that, you don't train. So it's right. And in these in this outdoor season, which lasts for three months, you have one practice and two games a week. And he goes right. 
So that means, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not mistaken, that's 12 practices you have a year. And he goes, right. But can I also ask you another question? Yeah. Can you tell me how many times your hockey players train or practice a year? Well, I can't tell you how many times a year, but I can tell you how many times a month or a week. So how many times a week? But some of them even train and practice seven to ten times a week. So you brought me and flew me from Croatia, from Europe, knowing that you have 12 practices a year in the football team that you are over there, knowing at the same time that you have seven to ten practices a week in hockey, being the world champions more or less like they won the world champions a few, few weeks ago. So listen, uh, can't you just put two things together and having these things organized in the same way? So this is why I'm saying this. The application of football, the application of football in, for example, the Canadian hockey circumstances, when they, there's a millions of coaches coming from hockey to football. And you can find connections. You can find it's, it's, it's a team and collective sport. You can find some movement, some areas, but it is a completely different biomechanical sport than, than, than football. Rugby is even more. I mean, those guys, those guys over there, even they, they at least got to have the body opening positions and they have the body opening angles. And decision making is more similar, a lot faster than football in hockey, I say. But in rugby, uh, uh, don't get me wrong, I've never, I've heard a lot of questions in the world, but the question that you can justify the coach from rugby to actually come in the start because he had the credentials in a rugby to come and teach the, the, the football. I mean, don't get me wrong, but this is, this is something what I've never heard so far. And if, if, anyone, if anyone is justifying their process based on this, I mean, they better commit a suicide. This is not going to take them very far. I mean, you can always, you can, you can always take, you can always take the, uh, the, 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 the positive things and you can always take the, the theories and the principles out of that, but uh, I mean, honestly, like, what are we? Uh, are you are you are you being are you being pressured by them? Are you, like, is the is the, is the nation being under no, some no, kind of psychology that no, uh, a, this is this is a momentum now? Or like, what, yeah, I, I don't get of, it. There's a lot of momentum. I mean, to be political, I can say this doesn't make sense. But to be not political, I can say this is freaking rubbish, right? It doesn't doesn't completely. Like, it's 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 uh, it's you you. Um, I'm going to go back to Canada. Uh, just, just a few things more. You know, when they, when they, I, I respect the volunteers, and that's, that's like no, no, no doubt about it. But to be a volunteer and to give extra hours in a day because you don't have anything else to do, or you wanna, or you listen, why? Can I go and, and be a surgeon as a volunteer? You guys don't have to give me, a, give me pay at all. Just, just let me, uh, let me make a surgery on, on somebody's heart because I'm a volunteer. Listen, this is a, this is a serious. Those are the serious effects those kids are going to have on the, on the long run if we don't do the proper things with them at the proper ages, right? So uh, having those, I understand the philosophy, I understand the game, I understand. Okay, there's a, there's a, there's similarities between the game, but let's not let's not for me from for me anyway uh, waste each other's time with with these with these principles. How to justify their presence? Uh, how to because of Listen, I can't fight with this. I mean, I, I don't have to tell you this, but I can't fight with, the, with, with, with this. I've never heard this before, actually, in my life. I have a lot of friends from England that do have, I know, I know this, uh, I know this uh, idea, idea of getting the, uh, of getting the, uh, um, the, 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 everything from the game philosophy. And I've heard that millions of times before. 
but to go into the area where the rugby coaches are going to be the ones because there are certain connections between the games and you're going to get them well, I, I, I'm not sure, I'm not sure the basketball as well. I'm I mean, not sure listen, necessarily it's, you know, the rugby coaches are coming in, but it's just taking the ideas from rugby, I think. That's the idea that they're, one of the legitimizations are saying, you know, these people saying, well, hang on, you know, I've coached rugby, I've coached all the rules for many years, so, you know, there's an obvious transference. But, I mean, it's just the, where the ideas are coming from. That's, you know, that's the idea. It's not actually a rugby coach. Okay, if you want to talk about the concrete ideas, which ideas they want to implement and I want to take from, from, from rugby, <laughs> then we can talk about it. But generally... Generally, I, there's too many, too many researches, too many ideas, too many principles, too many structures, too many development curriculums from football already as it is, that we should go into rugby and take their ideas to actually implement it. I, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I don't, I don't get that. But generally, okay, let's see which idea specifically, but let's talk about football. There's, everything has been already detailed and structured from the very beginnings. And we, we literally touched it a bit right now, right? Well, that, so, I mean, the, the, argument, the argument many are, are giving is that, you know, oh, it's actually based in science now. Look, the, the skill acquisition experts are saying, no, this is the way to go, you know. This is that we must let them play, you must let them form their own ideas. It's all about decision making. And my argument is that actually people are getting lost in the decision making and forgetting the technique. I mean, listen, okay, sorry to interrupt you, but this is, this is, this is it. This is the freaking crucial point. To get the decision making, you, you, oh my God, this it gets fr so frustrating. Well, listen, Dragon, I, I agree. I'm, I'm so frustrated as a young, as a, as a coach, a young coach, a young, an English coach who's you know facing uh, we're going down the wrong road, faced with this illogical approach. I'm like, I'm with you. In order to form a program, a motorical program, you need to you need to form a motorical a motor program. In order to form one. You gotta ensure a stable repetition. You cannot ensure a stable repetition in a in, 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 a, in a random game, and, and not at least when there's a formation of the program involved. Later on, decision making, yes, but decision making after you have formed a stable program, which has to be formed in a stable conditions. I mean, th those are the proven freaking psychological facts. And with decision making with the kids from the age of nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, before that, before they form a program in a certain stable circumstances, it doesn't make a sense because the program breaks down and falls apart in the blink of the eye because the formation, it takes time for that. And this is like so psychologically explained and proven so far that this really becomes frustrating. The last one of the last conferences I had on this issue was the one in Brussels, right, in Belgium. It wasn't the, it was, it wasn't the Belgium FA conference, it was the conference of the whatever international thing. Where, where this Dutch guy came along, and, uh, uh, listen, it was a laugh. It was a laugh at the end how many evidences, how many proofs you actually give before this guy. And, and, and even Dutch, even, even, the, even the, 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 Holland, the Holland clubs are not following the Dutch curriculum anymore because of those, those uh, idiotisms and, 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 and things. It doesn't make sense. You gotta stably. I mean, we can sit down and go into the psychology, into the engram. Just type it in engram. How do how you form engram? Is gonna give you the answers. Okay. Now they say, yeah, not every single situation is the same. I agree with that. But not every single situation in tennis is neither the same. And those guys spent from the age of six to the age of ten just stepping in the spot like this and making only this, only this for, for five years. Why? Because it's a stable environment.
They're not, they're not sending them left and right because, okay, I'm going to give you the decision-making. Yeah. Decision-making comes later with the tools you already uh, taken care of, took care of. And this is only with these circumstances. I mean, it gets, it freaking gets so, uh, don't get me, I mean, this is you and me talking relevant to chatting, but this is so frustrating that people just so, so like that, to, to go, no, no, let's give them the decision-making. What kind of freaking, they don't have the tools to make decision, the decisions with. Because they're gonna see the gap, but they will not be able to take advantage of this gap because the actual tool is not gonna be ready. They're gonna be fighting with the tool rather than with the decision. We wanna get them to the stage where they're gonna be fighting with the decision, but when they have those tools taken care of. I mean, I'm getting I'm getting really, really hot here because because it is so it's so been talked like so many times, I don't even know where or what. And then from England, which should be a cradle of football. You come with two, with two, okay, similarities from rugby, and then because there's a game, and then with decision making, I mean, listen. But I mean, anyway, so we can move along so we could argue about this all day. I just want to touch on that actually, recruitment. Just talk about, you know, how you recruit in at Zagreb or in Croatia. What's the general things you look at? What's the priorities and looking for a young player as he first coming into an academy? Uh, there's, there are things to define which things are genetically determined and which things are not as determined, right? So sense for the play and idea and decision making, it is definitely a God-given thing, not completely, but 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 is a huge proportion. The individual technique, not necessarily. So we're coming into the phase, okay, we want to look for the guys that do have an idea and do have the talent for the sense for the play thing, but maybe not necessarily this kind of technique. Because technique we can build on, idea we can't quite build on. It's, it's been God given more or less. So you're looking into the things in the in the criteria selection. You are looking into the things that you that you cannot quite um, uh, focus on and that you quite cannot um, uh, add and, and contribute on. Right. So those are those are the, for example sense for the play. Personal personality, which means a stable performance personality, the performance where on the long run you're always going to be performing on a stable level. This is this is a personality that's been got that's been that's been inborn, that's been that's been genetically determined. Another thing is of course physical physical um, uh, things, speed and aggressiveness. Aggressiveness is a huge point. Uh, positive aggressiveness where you want to have the fighters, and this is the inborn quality as well. Positive, of course, you don't need to know where to stop. A tolerance to the pressure. How? 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 What are the what are the what are the pressure circumstances that you're going to be able to tolerate in order not to break down? Let's say you have a couple of good examples how you detect those tolerance to the pressure qualities at the age of 11, 12 with the kids how they how they face the pressure situation. Um, and those are generally the things we have all outlined uh, specific uh, specific conditions of the functional technique. How well are you adaptable to apply elementary technique into the problem solving? I mean, we're getting, if, 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 if anyone was listening from the side, they would say, yes, we're talking about the functionality and we're talking about decision making. But after this has been already taken care of, nobody's having anything against it. Yes, we want to have the opposing situations. Yes, we want to have taken uh, individual tactical problems taken care of after we have done this. So adaptability to the changes of the functional technique into the problem solving, that's a quality that you want to look into the guys. 
changing of, of those decisions, quickness of the changes of the decisions is also quality that you want to take a look at this side. But you are not when you, and I know how it is, I'm still works in punches. Okay, this guy is a good dribbler, this guy is a good juggler, let's take him, he's a good player. This is not that easy, even though it helps, even though it helps, but this is not it. You want to have the whole package of it. And the whole package says, how well adaptable and sensitive is he be? Is he going to be towards the adaptation and the adding the quality of the functional technique into the problem solving? So you really, I mean, so to, to, um, sorry to cut in there, Romeo, just so, so you, to key really is that, that ability, that game intelligence, that game awareness, that decision-making quality, that's the real, the real essence, what you're looking for from most exactly. young players. Exactly. So, so what stops, for instance, Luka Modric, uh, one of my favourite players, I've seen train and seen games a lot. A young player, he may have struggled in England because of his size. He probably would have maybe been released for being too small. I mean, what you know is uh, what sort of you know? Tell us a little bit about his background, his like you know, his route through academy football. I mean, uh, those types of players, you know, if you teach them their whole lives to get out of the duel, to get out of the tackle then they will do that. So if you're looking for the guy to fight, then you look for the guy who's gonna fight. But if you teach the guy, no matter how small and tiny like Iniesta is, but no, let's teach them from the age of nine to get out of the duel, to get out of the tackle, to open up, to get the space creation for himself properly, then his weakness and his skinniness is not gonna be a deficiency in it because he is working on something else. And that's why when people see him, or they saw him now, he's. He's strong, he's got muscles and everything. But when they saw him in the beginning, you know, he's small and tiny. Listen, for what? You want to have a combat fight or what do you want to play football? Playing football doesn't quite necessarily need to be like that in order for him to actually survive because the best players in the world are small and tiny. Why? Because they have a good decision making and they create space for themselves better than anyone else or for someone else. And this is the crucial part. When he was when he was growing, when he was growing up here in, in, in Dinamo in Croatia, he was only now he's a little bomb. He's, a little, he's really uh, he's strong. But at the, age of, at the age of 14, when you saw the guy, he was thick and skinny. I mean, the wind wind blew a bit a bit harder. It would blow him off. So it was it was really uh, it was really uh, a scary part for us. However, he was always free. He was always available. He was always ready to take the ball. Why? Because he did those things better than anyone else. And then later on, he he has, he of course had. Awareness of decision making because it's a genetic thing, of course. You work on technique and you work on the speed of this decision making based on the tools that he actually worked on. He was working on the aggressiveness. He was working on, and you have a solid player. But listen, you can't say that he wasn't a god-given talent. He was a given talent. But when I remember, I was his coach when he was 14 or 15. Listen, when you saw the guy, you were afraid that if anyone comes, they're gonna break his legs. But he was always pretty. He was always available. He was always alone. Why? Because he did everything before this guy, other guy wanted to actually get after him uh, in, in, in the first place. So it was uh, it was uh, it was it was interesting. And and, and listen, uh, even at the age of nineteen, no one for sure could have signed the document saying, "Listen, this guy's going to be player." Because you know how it is from the from the from the U nineteens to come to the to the senior football or to the adult football. It's a huge different thing. He went to Bosnia to play this one division. First division one year. At the age of 21, 22, he matured completely with his muscles, with everything. But his decision making was never a question. That was always never a doubt. Yeah, in England we have an issue where many young players at seven and eight are uh, released from academy programs because they don't affect the game enough. 
or they, you know, they don't move yeah. well enough. What's your What's your thoughts on that? What do you mean they're not attacking? Like literally, well, they don't get on. They're not. They don't. Maybe they don't get on the ball enough because physically they can't move with the ball. They can't, you know, affect the game. So young, small, clever players. Really uh, listen, always, you always gotta. You always like every, everybody's gotta uh, look at the, the big picture. Okay, you can't just look at the U19 separately from U10s or U11s or even U19s or even senior football. So if you see, if you know what you're doing, you're looking for the prospect from the talent, and the talent's got to have this, 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 and this. If this guy's got talent for a big thing, no matter how we know the early developers, right? And we have the late developers as well. You gotta be aware what the late developers really are, and you know those phases of the puberty, the first phase, which kicks in right about there, for like five, six, seven, eight, and the second phase that kicks in around 15, 16, 17, somewhere earlier, somewhere later. But the early developers are definitely advanced. That's a huge problem in the early developers here in Croatia, even in our first division, we have around 65% of the players that are playing in Croatian first division that are born in the first quarter of the year. Why? Because they were they were stronger, right? Another 20% are born in the second quarter. Only maybe 15% of the players that are playing in the Croatian first division, even nowadays, are born in the second half of the given year. Because in, in the given year, they were falling behind, obviously, because of the... So we have those problems, everybody. But let's at least be aware what does it mean to be physically early developer or late developer. If this guy, in a big picture, on the long run, you see this guy has potential, if you're going to cut him because he can't quite contribute to the game at the age of nine, I mean, listen, what is the goal of that game? You want to win the game? Or like, what do you want to do? Where you want to develop a player? And we all, and this is what we talk about, like, okay, you have to have specifically developed and structured the goals and the ideas what to do with the guys at the age of nine. If those guys, so uh, they, they, he hasn't contributed again. Listen, what, 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 what kind of contribution are you talking about? So this is, a, this is the idea of it, this is the idea of it. And this is when you, when you make those final the, 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 the definition and decision, you gotta be aware of the big picture. What do you wanna, where do you wanna take this guy? If you wanna, listen, this is as simple as it is. So, um... Just going just back, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, training time, and you mentioned that about the hockey guys. Uh, there's another thing going around by some specialists saying that a 10,000 hour rule is a myth, and that actually, you know, there's a, the clamour to do more hours isn't is a, is irrelevant. What's your what's your thoughts on that as a as a player development oh, specialist? Uh, I, I obviously know about the 10,000 uh, 10,000 hour rules. There's a um, uh, um, um, analogy about this, we all know where that, where, where that is coming from. It makes sense. I mean, you can't say, listen, there's always the, 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 the greater number of the, of the repetition and touch is definitely going to improve you more. Uh, it depends on which element. It depends when you say some people say. <laughs> there's but, a lot of people on this planet. No, no, I, 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 I know where you're coming from. There's a big it's debate going on. The guy on the street, it was somebody from a relevant service, and I understand that. But then we're always going to be careful who is saying what, what are the definitions, what are the trends. Um, and, and to actually have the uh, arguments why, okay, what's the, what is the argument that you have in order to confirm this thesis, right? If they say it's relevant for the player, I agree. I don't say about the 10,000 rule in general that I disagree. I, I disagree with the thesis that a repetition is not gonna, is not gonna help you to improve on a certain element. What I, what I, what I wanna, what I want to say about this specifically is it depends on which things, how many hours you're going to have to spend on various things. So it's a 10,000-hour 10 10, 10, 10, 10, rule. 
doesn't apply for everything. As an, 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 an analogy, it definitely makes sense. Okay, yes, you've got to spend a, a certain amount of hours in order to get to the proficiency or la, 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 perfectionacy. However, not necessarily all elements, not necessarily all technical elements, not necessarily all tactical elements, and definitely not necessarily all motorical elements that you have to spend 10,000 hours on. Somewhere you're going to spend a lot more than 10,000 hours, and somewhere you're going to spend a lot less. I wouldn't be talking about hours itself. I will be talking about number of the stable and proper repetitions per certain element. And this is the thing that I would like to talk to you about. So we have technical elements. We here have structured 156 of them in Croatia in, in, in our curriculum. So each one of them that you're going to be, listen, you can't say, okay, hour more, hour less, but generally for repetition more. But some repetitions, you're going to be spending over 25,000 repetitions on a given element to actually come to the normal level of functioning. If you want to get it higher, it's going to be 35 and on. If you want to have it as a base, it's going to be 15,000 and, and, and smaller. However, this all is not going to do any good to you if you're not going to have a certain talent to back it up with. So you're going to need to have the best possible talent of the of the of the given element of the given of the given sport of the given structure and then based on this you apply those repetitions hours listen in an hour what you're gonna do in an hour in an hour you can be sitting down and having pay listen you take the box and then you actually did that or you're gonna be counting the proper repetition in the stable phase in the phase of the application in the eased condition and in the phase of the situational application of the situational competitive circumstances. I will be counting and I will be making the difference between those, those quantities based on the repetition, not on the hours, even though I understand what you mean when you say hours. As an analogy, it makes sense. The, the, better, the, the more repetition is definitely going to get you more and more going, but not necessarily on each element and not necessarily in the hour overall itself, but more on the actual, on the actual proper repetition. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I heard a, a, um, a skill acquisition expert say, "Look, it's not a, it's not a it's not a rule, but it's not a myth. It's a guide. You know, in the general, you know, that, there's, there's a clear correlation between the players getting that, to the top and the hours. So that's where my issue comes in with people in higher positions saying, you know, this was the clan before hours. When actually, you know, any sport, you know, you really, you know, the relation you've got to put the hard work in to get those really all quality elite outcomes out of, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm not, just briefly then, I know, sorry to keep you with it, I know we've gone quite a long time. Just just give us briefly, what's your role then with Croatia, the uh, Croatian FA now, and how's that changed, and what's your you know your day-to-day -day duties? Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm a technical director, I run, uh, I run we, have a, we have a department, my department consists of national teams of development and competition. So three big ground major parts, uh, the national teams are all national teams, uh, uh, all senior football, well, or men's national teams, all women's national teams, futsal national teams. Uh, this is the this is the national teams. The, the development means what we talk about right now. So the regional instructors, county instructors, program implementation, uh, football implementation, periodization, this type of thing that goes into the development part. And the competition is the format of the competitions, propositions, rules, everything. Okay, are the kids going to play uh, at the age of U9, 77, uh, what are the rules, what is the promotion, what is the relegation part of it? So everything in that area as well, not only for the kids, but for the, for the, for the, for, for the senior divisions or for, for the adults leagues as well. So everything, <laughs> pretty much everything here. And I, and I read somewhere that you'd, uh, you'd had the opportunity to go to Arsenal, but you, you decided to uh, bypass that one. 
Yes, it was it, it was it was it was a concrete thing. It was I had a, I had a talk with Gazidis, uh, and uh, at that time it was Henry Kalmstadt. He was the director of something at that at that time. Uh, I was the academy director, and we had talks back and forth. And I had a clause in my contract here for one million euro. Uh, at that time, in the academy, the boss put down that I can't quite leave. If I want to leave, I gotta or somebody else gotta leave that money. And uh, I wasn't unhappy. But I was at the stage, it was my sixth year here in the academy, and I was at a stage where I needed a new, we pretty much, based on everything what we just talked about right now, uh, I don't know, like, okay, I had, a, I had a presentation, I had a lecture in the Emirates Stadium that, that year, and then they were all there, and then everything went well, so we kind of continued talking. But um, uh, I, was, I was really at a stage where I needed an expert challenge, because in the academy, it was everything already pretty much already structured. Uh, and I said, listen, okay, uh, he, didn't, he, he didn't let me go. He literally gave me a raise and he gave me all the conditions. And I said, listen, I, but I'm in a stage, I want an extra challenge. Okay, I, you can't go out of the Croatian football. And I said, okay, listen, I would like to go to federation. And he said, okay, then do not. And that's how it became what it became. So uh, this is why I turned down. I had three kids. They were small, five, seven, nine at that time. Now they're nine, nine, 10, 11. Um, and I didn't regret it. We'll, we'll, we'll see what the life's going to bring. But uh, it was a bit of a, it was a, definitely a bit of a big thing. Usually you go as a player, but not many people from this area reach and go as a coaches or, or, or academy directors into the big clubs, especially Arsenal, which is the player. But then if, if, if you look at the, at, at the, at the, at the idea, uh, in the idea to actually go to the Arsenal, which should be the club that develops and produces the most, should be anyway, I don't know if it is, but should be for any perception in Croatia anyway, to take the guy from Croatia to go ahead of the Arsenal Academy, it definitely means a lot to me, or to Croatia, or to the process. So I was happy. I was honored. I was, I was, I was really, really, really happy these days. I didn't regret because of, of the family reasons and all the reasons. Listen, me as a Croatian to be a TD of the, my home nation and all the national teams, it is a huge thing for me. It was a huge thing. Croatia or Czechs really means something on a, on a football world. And uh, I think there's time. I'm 44 right now. I think there's time. Uh, is it going to be Arsenal or something else? I'm not in Russia. We'll see how, how life goes. Fantastic. And just finally, could you give us... Um, you Pardon? You work in Chelsea? Yeah, yeah I work at Chelsea, yeah. We, have, we already have a, a academy okay. director. <laughs> so, um... That must be the, uh, next time I'll come visit you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, just finally, could you get what bit of advice would you give to uh, an aspiring uh, young player and then an aspiring young coach who wants to get to the top? Try, try to uh, try to look uh, at the big picture. When I say big picture, don't get too disappointed with the uh, with the uh, with the loss, with the defeat. Uh, not not necessarily meaning as a result, but as something if things don't go proper way. Uh, in order for the coach to be a good coach, they have to have the raw the raw the same as player has to have awareness for the decision making. The same, the same way the coach has to have the initial intelligence, they have to have initial cleverness. If they're, don't get me wrong, if they don't have the, the smartness, they will not be a good coach, no matter which license they have. They gotta have the personality that's gonna have, that's gonna keep them going as a drive, it's a passion. It's also a genetical thing, unfortunately, or fortunately, if you have that, you're like that. Uh, they have to have, uh, they have to have the, uh, uh, ability to transfer the knowledge to the person or to the players. So if they have all these things, aha, uh -huh, I'm smart. I'm able to carry on, on on a stable level as a, as my as a part of my good performance. I have ability to actually transfer the knowledge, and I have a bit of a talent to actually understand and feel and read the game. Don't give up. Uh, the, to summarize it all, 
don't give up. I don't know, like, listen, we're going to be talking about which quality of the coach you're talking about, but if the coach is a prospect, if the coach is a good coach, uh, tell him not to give up. I was, I gave up once in my life. I gave up once. I'm going to tell you a story. I was in Osijek. It was halfway through. It was when I was 34. It was right before I was coming to academy. Uh, listen, I was assistant coach. I was in the freaking mud every single day for five, six hours as a coach. Like getting the ball here, getting the ball there, cones here, cone there, blah, blah, blah. Money was nothing. I was actually putting putting, putting, uh, putting nickels together. And I was, there was a, in the Croatian Olympic community, there was a, there was a bit of a, there was a bit of a uh, ad. They were looking for uh, people that are gonna work on the Croatian Olympic Committee. And I applied for that in my head, leaving and leaving football saying, listen, this doesn't make any sense. I did that, I applied for that position, and I, in my head, said on Monday, I'm going to quit that, and I'm going to go into the Olympic direction and trying to fight for that. The boss of Dinamo Zagreb calls me on Sunday night asking me, listen, you want to come to Dinamo Academy as, as, as academy director? What am I going to say? So first time, and the only time I gave up in my life, okay, somebody brought me back to the track, God from obviously from above said, listen, okay, you got to be here for whatever reason, but you got to be here. But when I'm saying don't give up, there's always there's always there's always options. If you close one door on you, there's always a two being open for you that you're not even aware of. So uh, don't give up. I gave up once, and I almost forgot it. Thanks to God, I didn't. But don't give up. And so, I'm about player. So same for a player, young player who's aspiring. Oh, same. same. You know what? The other thing, in addition to what I just said, if you don't give up, believe me. I mean, I was I was doing like that. There's always going to be someone paying attention and, and, and looking after and noticing what you did, no matter how help, how, how, how helpless you're going to feel because this doesn't make sense. There's always, listen to me, you're calling me now. Listen, we've never met. Okay, you've heard, you've read. Da, 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 da. There's always people. I mean, this is like today, uh, Blake Worcester is coming next week from Expo Zone down for the interview and talk. I'm going to the, uh, Los Angeles and uh, a couple of, in Prague and Milan next week. Listen, things go, things spread out after you come to the level and to the state, of course. But even if it wasn't like that, people follow, people are interested, and there's always a hope. For the players, the same thing. If you don't give up, you have proper thing and proper proper prospect for the quality for the quality uh, criteria. There's always going to be someone following and mentioning mentioning your name in a, in a circles so that makes that make a change. Romeo, thanks very much for your time. Fantastic insight, much appreciated. No problem. You're welcome. Well, listen, when I'm in London, I'm for sure come come by. I'll let you know. But also, you, if you're around in the area, let me know. Absolutely. Thank you, Romeo. Take care. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the MyPersonalFootballCoach.com Soccer Player Development Podcast. MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Dynamic Ball Mastery Program is the world's leading online individual technical training program, proven and developed at the highest level in the English Premier League. Sign up now to train like the pros and take your game to the next level. Master the ball, master the game.